Welcome to ESOP, a place for you to share your story. I'm your host, Nicole DeBoom. Enjoy the show. I'm Lisa Wynn, and this is my story. Yeah, I mean, we, is, this is this is not your first interview, Lisa. It's not. No, <laughs> I had several interviews to get on the TV show. So, <laughs> oh well, I mean, I guess there are all kinds of categories of interviews in life, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and Nicole, you'll appreciate this as a fitness uh, fanatic. One of the interviews was actually a HIIT workout. They sent me this like circuit of several exercises. It was like a high intensity interval training, you know, do burpees for 60 seconds, take 10 seconds off, do jumping lunges for 60 seconds, take 10 seconds off, like all this whole circuit. And they had me record myself and send it in. So (laughs) here I am. (laughs) Oh, I absolutely love this, especially because right now at this point, nobody knows what the hell we're talking about. Turns (laughs) out this interview um, is for the topic that we came actually came together to, uh, explore today, which is your recent run on a really hilarious, would you call it a reality TV show? Uh, yeah, I got cast onto a game show. Yeah. A game show. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So let's just lay it out there. What show was this? Yeah, so I got cast onto Frogger. It's a new TV show on NBC Peacock on their streaming device. If you've ever played the 1980s video game Frogger, where the frog is jumping across traffic and dodging obstacles um, and trying not to get hit, you know, that's the premise of the TV show, just in obstacle course form. <laughs> I mean, why did, did Frogger like go away? I played Frogger religiously, along with Pac-Man and Asteroids and a few other good ones. Yeah, that's a great question. So it's still around. It was actually introduced in 1981. So this year is Frogger's 40th anniversary. And Konami, the company who um, designed and created and owns Frogger, wanted to do something really fun to celebrate it. So here we are with this larger than life game show. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. That makes total sense. I was nine when it launched. (laughs) You were like not born yet, I don't think. How old are you? I was not, but I am a child of the 80s. I am a child of the 80s. Everyone, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I truly believe that everybody wants to have been a child of the eighties. 1000%. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, the colors, the movies, uh, put us back in, take a time machine. (laughs) God, that's making me wonder, you know, I watched some of Frogger and uh, all of Frogger, your, your season has not quite been aired yet, or it may have been right about the time that this interview goes live, but, um, I didn't see a whole lot of 80s costumes out there. Not exactly, but I think the channeling in of the 8-bit, the arcade feel, the bright neon colors, I mean, they were on point when it came to the set. It was so much fun. You felt like you were in the video game. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's back up. So, you know, here you are, this happy, energetic, like smart, fun, funny awesome, hilarious, athletic woman who I happen to know because of skirt sports. In fact, my God, I recruited you onto our photo shoots multiple (laughs) times. Um, I've just always enjoyed you. I've always enjoyed your energy. I never knew what you did for a living. How screwed up is that? 
I'm like, we're just having fun smiling for the camera. Never thought to ask her what she does for a job or like, <laughs> you know, much beyond her, you know, running life. So let's talk a little bit about it. Like, where were you put you in a position to even consider this opportunity? Yeah. So I was um, browsing my Instagram stories and scrolling through like everyone does these days. Right. And I get a targeted advertisement that is asking um, for Frogger and they're essentially recruiting for the game show. And I scroll up and learn about more of the details. And then I'm like, okay. And one of the key points was you had to have your passport because filming is in Australia. They're filming. um, Keep in mind, we're still in COVID times. Right. So Um, Australia is relatively safer than the U.S. They didn't have many COVID cases, so they kind of had this contained environment. So um, I kind of looked at my husband. I was like, do we have anything going on this summer? No. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's have it. So made this video for the producers and told them that I'm a professional traffic engineer. So um, I do transportation engineering. I design traffic signals. I design roadways. I design streets. I look at buses, trains, all ways to help people move from point A to point B safely. Um, and I kind of sold them saying, hey, I'm a professional traffic engineer. Um, I'm also a Colorado native, super active. I love to ski. I love to trail run. I love to hike. Um, and I'm down for an adventure. So let's go. And uh Several interviews later, I am in Sydney, Australia. (laughs) That is absolutely awesome. So literally you were like cold Instagram feeded and you were like, this is it. I need something fun to do. Like, what was it that made you say, most of us look at our feed and we're like, yeah, yeah, no, no to everything. Pretty much all the ads, all the cookies I'm clicking on, you know, and throwing out into the universe to get these targeted advertisements, but whoever put down algorithm. I mean, they hit their target on the spot. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Can I ask you about being a pro traffic engineer, pro, like you're pro athlete, you're pro traffic engineer. (laughs) Um, why? Like, is that, is that a job that like kind of certain crazy savant people can only do, you know, like, did you go into this? Yeah. So, um, funny story. So when I was in high school, I was, I was a pretty good straight A student. Um, you know, I was pretty, uh, pretty much riding on the rails. Um, but I'll never forget. So I failed my driver's permit test, high centered the driver's education car, and I hit three parked cars within two months of getting my license at 16. So all to really say that, you know, just because you're book smart doesn't equate to street smart, like literally street smart. Um, And so for me, it was kind of the aha moment where I was like, well, you know, maybe I overestimated this simple task of driving and moving around. Um, And I always really enjoyed solving problems and um, flash forward to college. I go to college and study civil engineering, um, which led me specifically into the transportation field. And um, yeah, I love what I do. I work at the airport, I work at Denver International Airport as a transportation engineer. So, yep, I get to help people move um, in all different modes and ways, whether that's, um, you know, taking the train to your destination or getting um, a ride share or finding a safe way to um, put your bike in storage while you're taking the plane. Um, that's what I get to do for a living. <laughs> You know, it's so interesting. I'm thinking about your experience on Frogger. A lot of these shows, like 
that are physical, you know, by in nature, like a ninja warrior and those, I mean, it's all about being like a physical specimen, but with Frogger, there's this strategy piece and you have to have both the, obviously they were testing you with that hit test. You know, they wanted to make sure that you could hold your own on an athletic front, but there is something where I would think that you might have an advantage over some of the other people because your brain is ticking a little more logically about what each next step needs to look like. Oh, you're a sweetheart, Nicole. I remember um, showing up to the airport when we were about to fly out to Sydney and I looked around and the 20 some odd um, Americans that had been cast, I am intimidated. I didn't know what I got myself into. We have bodybuilders, countless personal trainers, Uh, We have professional circus artists. We have a guy who does parkour. Like, and here I am. They're like, what what do you bring to the table? I'm like, oh, I, you know, I time traffic signals for a living. So I I dodge traffic. Yeah. Okay. So. So were you also considering that we're living in like these crazy pandemic times? Like, were you just needing some kind of adventure? Yeah, that was definitely part of it, too. Um, I think, you know, normally my husband and I would have some sort of vacations or trips planned out for our summer. But, you know, we're still in the pandemic. And keep in mind, when they were recruiting me, um, I hadn't even been vaccinated. I haven't even had my first vaccine, right? So, um, yeah, this seemed like a fair opportunity to be able to have an adventure and see things, um, but to also have a really cool story to tell, (laughs) Talk about a unique way to travel, right? (laughs) Totally. Oh my gosh. So how intimidating, like you said, to land in the airport and then, you know, basically travel there with all the people you're going to be competing against. And, you know, this was for fun, but there was money at the end of it, right? Absolutely. Yep. 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 Yeah. Now there's money on the line. Um, So So much. Yeah. So it's $10,000 per an episode and then $100,000 for the finale. Oh my. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that could um, make or break something. Yeah, that could make a difference. <laughs> okay. So if you're, you know, for for the people listening to this, this show is already on. Uh, many people who listen will already know they can watch the final episode even. Um, can you lay, like kind of do the lay of the land here? What what really, like you walk on set and what what did it look like? Yeah, so it was super fun. Um, they created all these various different obstacle courses. So um, the one I was on was uh, city themed. So it's kind of a more traditional frogger with cars and moving vehicles. There's an ambulance, there's a police truck, there's um, all these different moving vehicles. And you're trying to dodge the vehicles and make your way through the obstacle course. And there's all these various moving parts that you have to jump and leap. Um, there's other courses, like I think there's an outer space one, there's a pirate themed one, um, there's a Candyland themed one, all these fun little courses that the contestants go through um, and then try to vie their way to win the $10,000. And then eventually um, all these episode winners go to the finale and fight for the $100,000. So yeah, um, that's kind of the of the show. <laughs> okay. Did you, so I don't know if you can disclose this, but did you have to like pay your way over there and stuff? No, I did not have to pay. That was all included as part of my contract. Yeah. Cool. Because I'm like, God, I mean, the 10 K would basically cover your travel. So yeah. you were 
Either that would not cover. Yep. And and one interesting thing, Nicole, that I'll mention, um, because of pandemic times. So um, Australia actually requires everyone coming in internationally to do a mandatory hotel quarantine. Like this is not just because of the shows being overly cautious. This is the government policy. So they bus you directly from the airport to um, a government selected hotel. And then you're in there for 14 days. Like you literally don't even have a room key. Uh, you're not allowed to leave the hotel room. Um, you can open the door for three things, uh, picking up the meals they deliver you. Um, picking up any like towels, toiletries, items like that, that you need to switch out. And the third thing is throwing out rubbish. Um, that's what the Australians call trash. So you can put out your trash, but otherwise you're in there for 14 days. Um, they come by a few different times with, um, a government nurse and a, like a, an armed official, like from their military and they'll, you know, do a little, they'll do the COVID test, right. Your typical nose swab and they'll um, let you know the results, but that's kind of how um, Australia has been maintaining and keeping COVID at bay. And um, you know, this isn't a free experience. So thankfully, like for me, the, uh, the producers, they covered that expense, but normally that would be $3,000. So, wow. yeah, yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think that that is how individuals who are citizens of Australia, or if you have family that, um, you need to visit for an emergency reason, like there is no visiting for leisure and travel. Um, at least this past summer, I think they're going to slowly open the borders up now that vaccinations are more, um, prevalent, but, that was how it was for from like March 2020 up until at least October, November of 2021. And yeah. <laughs> OK, so this begs the question, like, why film over there? Um, I think it had to do with safety. Um, so I'll, I know that and this is somewhat a little bit speculation, but um, there's been some limitations on um, kind of the traditional filming in like a Los Angeles Hollywood environment where the studios had some limitations. I know there have been some TV shows that have um, you know made their own quote unquote bubble where they'll like rent out an entire resort or an entire campus and everyone who comes in and out, whether you're a camera person or your makeup or you're you know part of the show, you have to be in this bubble and you live there. Um, I guess this was how they weighed their um, pros and cons and costs and decided it would be easier to film in this setting. So, <laughs> Wow, that oh, yeah. is so great. So like, what's the goal of the show? Was Is it just for pure entertainment? Like, what is the goal of doing a game show like Frogger? Yeah, so for me, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Um, I was just looking for an adventure and something exciting. And um, as a professional traffic engineer, I mean, this was pretty much the perfect game show for me to be on because you are dodging cars, you're dodging traffic. So yeah, it was written really well for, uh, my background. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, I was even thinking in terms of like the show itself, like why, why create a show like that? Is it to truly just to entertain all of us watching you guys, flail around which is just we're about to get there but hilarious. absolutely sure yeah uh, i mean think about all all the forms of entertainment on tv right you know you've got american ninja warrior wipeout um the floor is lava i mean each of these different networks has um you know something fun and what i love about frogger is that you don't have to start from episode one and move your way through you can pick yourself up at any random episode you can watch two at a time you can watch half of it and 
Um, there's really no hard feelings, right? You don't have to come in with any um, knowledge of the characters or how it works. It's so simple. It's a kind of a grab and go. And, um, you know, my manager, so when I told him about this, he actually, he, he grew up in um, Europe and then lived in Canada. So he's only been in the U.S. for a couple of years. So when I asked him about uh, the video game, he, he didn't grow up in the U.S., so he never played this video game. But it's such a simple and easy concept to explain. And I think that's really kind of what makes it is, you know, whether you've played this game before and there's a good, good nostalgic factor or you're just looking to see some really crazy athletic feats, like there's a little bit something for everyone. You know, and I didn't... I- I actually can't think of another game show that's based on an actual video game. Like I was like pitfall. No, I loved pitfall donkey Kong. No, (laughs) we have like, you know, I, so this is pretty unique. Yeah. I think the closest um, analogy that we as contestants got was like maybe um, legends of the temple, which is an old TV show game show. Um, I want to say it was like on Nickelodeon, but yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't remember that one. Doesn't matter. (laughs) So, um, when you got there, did you get to practice your course? Oh no, no, we, we do not get to practice our course. You actually don't find out your course until the morning of your event. So you don't have a whole lot of time to mentally strategize. Um, I mean, there's only so many burpees and jumping lunges you can do, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, and here's the other thing. There's two hosts. So first of all, why do they both have to be men? And yeah, they're like funny and famous, but come on, we need a female host out there. I I agree. Um, Yeah, I'm not the casting director, but I will say to the credit of this TV show, um, the casting team did a phenomenal job of casting a very diverse cast. True, Um, True. We have folks from all different ethnicities, different age ranges, um, different sexual orientations. Um, we even have a drag queen out there. That episode is so much fun. I mean, <laughs> talk about fabulous, but yeah, <laughs> folks you would not anticipate to see on this type of a course. And then there's folks who you think maybe would do really well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, they did a really good job of casting. It was a good diverse group. And there were a lot of surprises. Um, but it's funny because do you see the host? Like, can the host see you live or are they commentating afterward on the cover? Yeah, that's a great question. I can um I can answer the behind the scenes on this. So um when I'm competing on the course, um, I can't hear what the hosts are saying. So I can't hear them make the jokes or make the funny remarks or cheer me on or um cheer my competitor on. You really and and there's no music playing. It's not like you're in a gym, right? And you're working out and you're getting your pump up. It's just it's silence. It's you and your competitor who's watching you, and um, they instruct you. You know, talk talk to yourself because you know you're mic'd up. There's microphones everywhere. Um, you know, talk us through what's going through your mind. What are you thinking? And that's kind of where they pull those clips. But yeah, otherwise. Um, you just, you go for it, which is kind of strange to think that there's nothing else in the room, but it's actually, there's so much adrenaline going through. I, it doesn't even cross your mind once they say, all right, the cameras are on, you're ready whenever you're ready to go. So, you know, it's so hard, you know, when you're watching it, it's crazy because you're watching the hosts, they're going back and forth from the hosts who are sitting there watching you and like laughing their asses off. And then (laughs) they're saying stuff like, Oh, I think in your case, you know, it was something, and I'm not giving anything away too much, but they were like, 
oh, you know, a standing still jump is going to be way harder. And like, I wish you could hear that. Yeah. Because you couldn't practice to know like this is soft or this isn't going to carry momentum or whatever. But they, their comments make it seem like you can hear them and you should know that. You know what I mean? Someone, the TV magic is wonderful, isn't it, Nicole? Someone is behind the scenes who's done all of this magic and stitching, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know all about it. I do. They Seems do wave like, a magic wand, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so is there anything that totally surprised you about, you know, the actual competition? You know, what's really interesting, and I, I keep kind of reverting back to the COVID and the real world, but... Um, So I could, I knew coming in that there was going to be some unpredictability with the TV show and the filming and the schedule, you know, there might be really long days, there might be really short days, there might be some last minute calls where they need you, they might call something off. I kind of knew coming in that there would be some uncertainty with that. What I didn't see was that the actual real life COVID situation, Sydney, started to spiral. So um, within that six weeks, I was there. The last two weeks, uh, Sydney went into lockdown <laughs> and I'll never forget. I was, um, I was on the set and you're not allowed to bring your tele, you're not allowed to bring your cell phone on set because they don't want you to record or have, you know, communication, which is fine. So I've left my cell phone back at the hotel. Um, one of our contestants actually snuck his phone in his backpack and it's around like three in the afternoon. We've been there since early in the morning. He pulls his phone out and he says, guys. Sydney's going into lockdown tonight. Like we'd seen in the news that like there were a few cases and by a few, I literally mean like four to five to 10 cases per day in Sydney. And that was a big deal, but it was spiraling. And the Sydney government said, Hey, we can't control this. This is not safe. So in their minds, they were like, we're locking down. And so um, we went into lockdown, but meanwhile, I'm here on cast in this little bubble and (laughs) not sure what's happening uh, in the the actual real world outside of this TV show. So that was pretty wacky to watch Sydney um, go into lockdown. I mean, we'd, we had a chance to do kind of all the fun touristy things and sightsee. We got to go to the Sydney Opera House. I got to go to the zoos. I got to go on um, several running adventures. Um, and then suddenly we see, you know, the Opera House, which is like the biggest landmark in, in Australia, shut down. They put gates up. People aren't allowed there. So, yeah, it was that part was probably the the most unpredictable, uh, sketchy part. <laughs> Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's how we used to live. We didn't used to have news every five seconds in our hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You you had to get the the evening newspaper delivered to you and it was, yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there had to be something kind of refreshing about that as well. It was really nice though, too. Yeah. I mean, it was overall, it was a really neat experience because I was also separated from the U S like the time zone difference made a, um, you know, a change where I wasn't necessarily on my phone 24 seven. And when I was working, you know, it wasn't on an exact schedule as what I was used to. So yeah, the pace, the pace of my life was completely shifted, but definitely for the better. (laughs) Did you feel like you made new friendships or relationships out of this experience? 1000%, 1000%. Yep. Um, I used to not believe when I watched like reality TV shows, how the cast suddenly bonded so quickly over like a few weeks. I'm like, 
what are these people doing? I'm one of those people now. Um, we actually did a mini Frogger reunion a couple of weeks ago where um, we went to Philadelphia, New Jersey and watched our friend who is the drag queen. Uh, she hosted a watch party. But yeah, absolutely. These folks go through a really unique experience that no one else can really um, say they've gone through. And some of that is a little bit, you know, a, a mild trauma and unpredictability. But yeah. They've become lifelong friends. <laughs> um, were there any like friction moments or, you know, fights that broke out? Like I can imagine that it's also somewhat competitive and that that could yeah. fuel some of these kinds of incidents too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, there's, um, I mean, by nature, it is a competition. So folks still come in with their A game. Um, you're cast because you have a competitive side to you and you want to genuinely do well and succeed, right? Um, yeah, I, there were definitely some uh, tension, tense moments. Um, not everybody was best friends on the TV show. I'll say that. Um, so yeah, they, there's, there's tension. I also will say, um, adding to the drama, though, there were some s- several real life injuries, several visits to the emergency room. Um, yeah, there there were some scary parts. <laughs> well, and here's the tabloid part. Were there any hookups? <laughs> <laughs> I will say there are a lot of single and good looking people. And when you put them in an environment, you never know. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and water seemed to be a theme, you know, so a lot of people were getting wet, which, you know, it's a clothing sticking to the body issue. Oh my We didn't God. get to watch each other compete. So, um, it was really just the contestants that were there, but I will. So I also will plug this, um, one of the contestants from Frogger, uh, not so long after Frogger has gotten cast onto a dating TV show. So I'm not even sure what this show is, but to be continued, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Yep. So, yep. you know, at the end of the day, um, do you want to share how you performed or should we tell people to watch it? I think you'll have to watch it to see how I perform, but, um, it's on I Peacock. Yeah, it's on Peacock. <laughs> um, what would you say are one or more of your bigger takeaways? What did you really get out of this experience? I got a lot out about learning about myself. Um, it, because it was isolating, right? You had two weeks to yourself in hotel quarantine. Plus, um, you know, you're there by yourself. You don't know anyone else. So it's on you to make friends or to have time in your own hotel room. So yeah, I, um, came in with some preconceived notions after seeing all these very physically fit folks at the airport. And, um, at the end, we walked away becoming really good friends. Um, you know, I, I loved that some of some of my new friends really kind of lent their strengths and shared their um, talents. So one of the individuals started teaching free yoga classes to the contestants. And another gal was teaching um, calisthenic workouts at like the local park and um, just all these different things where we could help one another. So, yeah, it was it was a really good ex- exploration and journey and just trying to make memories and make the most of things with the folks that you have around you. Yeah. I think that is so important right now in that mm-hmm. we are living in a bit of a silo all the time these days. 
and you were living in a silo there, but it happened to be almost real world style, you know, <laughs> living in a silo with 20 other very physically fit specimens. Right. Um, but I like this idea that, you know, you do an adventure like this for whatever reason for you, it was to have fun, get out there, explore. But what you ended up doing was learning more about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I did do while I was on the journey was, um, I kept a journal. I don't usually journal, but I felt like keeping a journal, especially when I was in hotel quarantine was a nice little routine for me to also reflect and think about, um, how I'm feeling, how the day went, um, what my thoughts are. So that was really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and is it something then that you might continue? That's the big question. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm not sure if I will continue um, the actual act of journaling, but being able to kind of have some time to reflect and think about your day, like getting into that routine, that was really, really good. good. Okay. So let's dig, dig a little deeper into that concept of learning about yourself. What, what would you say then you learned about yourself? (sighs) I think probably one of the biggest things was, um, you know, being comfortable with myself. I still find that I have some insecurities. I think we all do in some shape or form, right? We're not strong enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not young enough. Um, We feel like we compare ourselves to one another. And that's, you know, that's all that negative self-talk. I think it's really important to really kind of just like, put that at ease and like, say yes to what's ever in the moment, be present, um, take that journey and, you know, don't be afraid. Don't, don't think too much about what's in the future. You know, <laughs> I oh, think for I me, um, sometimes I, I think, Oh, well, you know, maybe this isn't perfect. Like I don't have my husband here on this trip and, you know, I wanted to experience this with someone else, but, um, you know, if you're there, take the opportunity, say yes, go out, make new friends, find some ways to go and experience it. Cause that's really part of life as well as being able to be comfortable and travel and go to eat a meal by yourself. You know, you don't have to have everything aligned the way you had envisioned it. <laughs> I think you experienced a lot of growth on this on this trip and through your whole Frogger experience. And I, I'm going to say right now that no matter how you did in the end, I think this was a really cool thing that you're going to look back and remember. It was quite the adventure. Very, very unfrogettable. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect way to wrap it. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, Nicole. This was so much fun. <laughs> 